welcome to DevCast today at DevSum with one of my well, I, I don't I don't can call him a hero. We don't like that. But Dino Esposito, welcome to my podcast. Uh, thank you. I'm so happy to be in. Uh, I was about to say sunny Stockholm, but actually it's not that much sunny today. It's cloudy Stockholm, like you know the the. the do you, do you know nice the city it? of Horrebro, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we were talking a bit before because I had done a podcast before with Dino. I think it was five or six years ago or something like sort that. Sort of that. Sort yeah. of that. Yeah. And should you tell the, my listeners who you are? Yeah, I mean... Everyone knows you, of course. Yeah. Uh, but tell you, what, what are you doing right now? Because it, it, from my perspective, you were very active in... Um, uh, six or f- uh, seven years ago, I, I read your books and so on. And then you got completely silent, from my perspective. Um, well, did you get let, married let's, uh, or kids? No, I was already <laughs> married. Uh, I got married many years, uh, many many years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, no, no, it was nothing, nothing like that. Is um, um, sort of uh, feeling with uh, the evolution of the. ASP.NET platform, which was uh, until, yeah, you said five or six years ago, uh, the main area of activity, um, sort of, you know, broken feelings with, uh, with the evolution of the product. So I felt that the product was going in a direction that, for reasons I could hardly explain, uh, I, didn't, I just didn't like. Um, so that, that brought me to reconsider the activity that has been up to that point in time uh, uh, mostly be there uh, get from uh, from Microsoft in terms of uh, documentation in terms of uh, uh, product and capabilities and functionalities uh, uh, elaborate a bit on that and then turn everything into a, to a book uh, I just didn't like for, for quite a while uh, uh, doing that because I, I didn't really like... I, mean, I, I felt there was not much to say, mm-hmm. essentially, because we, we assisted in, in an evolution of the platform that reached, but yeah, in, from my perspective, even five years ago it was like that, reached an end, a dead end. There was not much to add. Uh, everything was there, and we were facing at the same time uh, challenges... Uh, in, in web development was the, the advent of mobile, the mo- mobile web, I mean, not, not native apps, and the fact that detecting the device behind, well beyond the responsive web design, was a point that Microsoft was completely failing on. And instead, I, I dedicated a lot of time in building, I mean, I, I was just a contractor and consultant on a team with, with a vendor, a company behind, that is a framework that is used today by Google and Facebook, just to mention a couple of names. Uh, I think uh, uh, when I saw you again, it was when you wrote the book about uh, the enterprise. Uh, yeah. The, and it, it's, if I should be honest with you, it felt not so, so good. <laughs> it was, uh, now you, I know that you have a new version of that book. Uh, we, there, there are... There are two books uh, on architecture. One was written in 2008, mm-hmm. but consider it was a time in which we had not yet Entity Framework 1. Mm-hmm. So it was a transition time in which we essentially it was uh, not clear completely to architects uh, and, 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 and developers uh, whether the ORM was uh, a great thing to use and if the ORM had to be 
the data access layer or perhaps something that bridging domain and, uh, and, and, and infrastructure. Uh, today, uh, things are significantly clearer. Um, but I think the, the object, object relation mapper is, uh, is soon going away. What do you think about that? They represent an extra layer of code. We don't talk so much about that. Five years ago, we talked. Every conference was about power mappers and Hibernate uh, entity framework. Uh. I, I, the, the answer I have, I think I have today for um, for that point is that a few years ago, everybody was uh, captured by the idea of having a single model that was supposed to be the domain model with a magic tool capable of just persisting that. Today, it, it looks a lot more evident that we need to have, we, we are talking about the two different models, one of which is just about physical persistence of data, and the other one is real implementation of business logic through perhaps objects. So that really makes sense and justice of the original Uh, statements in domain-driven design that the domain model had to be completely agnostic uh, of databases. And when it comes to that, okay, you have a model there, but the model just is, is a calculator, is an engine that produces uh, transitions from a valid state to another valid state of your uh, system, um, entire system. So at that point, out of those uh, steps performed by the machine, the engine, you need to do persistence to put the data into the machine and to get and save data that gets out of the machine. At that point, it's simply saving and reading data to a, to, to, to a SQL server, to an Oracle, to a relational or non-relational database. So why having an ORM in the middle? I mean, you can have that, but you can even go with uh, uh, micro ORMs like you know Petapoco, Dapper, yeah, and, and products like myself. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, I I is predicting that this year will be the return of the main-driven design because it's been also a, a topic that's not has been so popular for a couple of years. But the main-driven design, I think it's uh, it, it was uh, it was uh, sold. I mean, it, it was sold, it was put up, pushed out. It was written, described correctly and for, for what really are the, the, its pluses. But if, for reasons beyond me, it was perceived by the majority of developers as a mag, sort of a magic tool and turned out to be simply, okay, if you have a domain model, if you have a bunch of classes that more or less represent the entity of your business, and if you implement those classes uh, through a bunch of uh, uh, technicalities like you know uh, factories instead of constructors, uh, uh, private sectors, uh, uh, value types instead of primitive types, you're done. Well, but everything else is to be done because the domain, the domain model is all about implementing via objects because of the flexibility that objects allow you when it comes to expressivity, your domain, log your, your domain logic and your business logic. Uh, But do you think that domain-driven design is bad because of um, no, I, the I don't say No, uh, I don't say it's bad. I, uh, I say I think, that the I real... Think it's bad. I, think. I think that the real value of domain-driven design is uh, in, uh, in the topics you read, if you consider the book of Eric Evans, the blue book, is in the second half, in the part that he calls a strategic design that really helps through, uh, let's call them patterns like ubiquitous language, bounded context, context map, really help you To, uh, to see and vision and then uh, jot down the top-level architecture. So splitting the... Uh, but the, do the, you think that, uh, for me anyway, the design is back because of, of microservices? 
now that we have the bounded context, we can see more where the microservices should be hosted, which kind of objects or domains they should host. My microservice can be everything. Yeah, it yeah. Can, can be a class, can be a system. It's a concept uh, that lo- looks very close to bounded context. Uh, uh, it's hard, if not impossible, for me to say where, what's the difference between the two things. I, I would say I, I personally tend to consider microservice as a synonym of bounded context. So essentially, uh, I mean, a bounded context is abstract in, in abstract terms. Um, it, it's a, a term that identifies a closed boundary of functionalities in a business domain, but at, at the level, in the domain space, microservice represents the same concept, but in the solution space. Uh, so, anyway, it's just words. Anyway, you have a new book now. I have a new book, yeah. yes. And uh, I, have re- uh, I have read some of it, not uh, always, not, not everything. But anyway, I think that the beginning is rather interesting, that where you do a retrospective of, uh, from, from your perspective from 2008, when you said, ESP.net is the... It's done. <laughs> Silverlight is the... Is the future. Yeah, it's the future. And HTML is there also. Uh, probably I think that we, we lived uh, and witnessed uh, a point in time in which there was uh, a clear change of direction. I, I still believe that a future in which development was uh, native in the browser, so, I mean, compiled code running in the browser, Silverlight... Uh, and C Sharp instead of, uh, so Silverlight XAML uh, instead of HTML and, and JavaScript, uh, that would have been a much better world. Uh, things went differently, and well, M- Microsoft, some people that at the time were in Microsoft had some uh, responsibility for this uh, change, this switch, this shift of you ch- choose the word that better represents the, the, the impact it had on, uh, on, on you. And we are now where we are, in which the return of JavaScript, uh, uh, HTML, and CSS. But it's nice because at that time in which I, but I was not the only one, said, oh, CSS, that, that's a thing of the past. We have teams in ASP.NET which are much more powerful. And now, teams what? Do you mean what? You know, everything has to be done in a completely different way. That's, that's amazing if you look it back. This is interesting. I... I'm almost as old as you, or that was rude. I'm I'm 50 this year, so I've been to some technical shifts. How do you manage that? How should we, as developer, manage this technical shift? You have, I think, much experience about that. Um, I, I think that there there is no recipe that you can apply that works for for everybody. I think that the, the best way, the only way to, to manage uh, 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 knowledge uh, or interest shift is putting everything you have, uh, all yourself uh, on that and having a strong reason, business reason mostly, um, or, intro, or just a different curiosity, interest, business interest and curiosity are the, the two main the learning, forces, yeah. yeah, the two forces that can drive that. And at that point, it comes, I would say it comes naturally. Uh, because it's business, because it's la- either business or life. In both cases, it's two forces uh, that are part of you. So, your last book is about the modern web. What well, do you think about the modern web? L- l- let's say, l- let me say, uh, between me and you and all, uh, all the million people uh, listening to, uh, to the podcast, that it was supposed to be originally uh, a programming ASP.NET Core book. 
Uh, but at some point in time, it's very different. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we, because we realized that no, no, no way. I mean, there was no, no, no chance we could have uh, the book pushed out in the uh, in line with the, ex- the business expectations, uh, with the all- allotted budget uh, for publishing books and uh, decent coverage uh, of the topic, uh, because things were changing so frequently. And well, I also had a Microsoft Press with me had a, a, a similar bad experience years ago with Ajax because we wrote and, and, and they, I wrote and they published a book on uh, Ajax extensions back in 2006 to find out, but even within Microsoft, I mean, it's not me, but just the different teams at Microsoft not knowing that across the summer of 2006, uh, the team completely redesigned Ajax extensions and the book was, which was published in October was totally out of topic. And so the, the books printed went directly from printers to waste because they were completely out of topic. So remembering that, we decided at some point to reformulate the topic of the book. And then I said, well, it makes not much sense at the moment to, to rewrite yet another edition of classic programming, ASP.NET and MVC. Let's try to, yeah, to cover MVC, but show how to ideally use that and, uh, and face the challenges of modern web development, which means essentially that you need to have effective solutions for responsive web design. Uh, you need to, to, to explore ways in which you can integrate SignalR, uh, in which you can do device detection for mobile web, and uh, the real things you want to know about building an, an MVC, an SP.NET front-end. So there are also some segments of the book uh, that cover architecture. So the layered architecture, so, so DDD the book topics. It's mainly about the, the server side. It's a service. Yeah. yeah, it's both because I think it's a 60% a server. I think it's a 30% architecture. So it, it, it's a summary in three or four chapter summary uh, of what I have uh, in, in the architecture book that was published in 2014. Uh, so let's say one third is about that. Uh, another third is plain server side, and the, the third third is about uh, client-side development. So JavaScript, uh, um, responsive web design, uh, integration with SignalR, device detection, of all aspects that I consider to be uh, fundamental in uh, modern web applications. So what what do you think is the biggest uh, hurdles, the biggest issues for us as developers today regarding this modern web development? I think it's uh, user experience is uh, is the, the most important part. Probably I'm biased when when I say this because of the specific segment of the business uh, that I'm in uh, most of the time uh, because I, I do a lot of work in a professional sport. Uh, so th- the problem we have is not much uh, scalability uh, uh, facing billion hits per day. So that's not our problem because we're, we're, we're talking about small internal use apps with a, a, a really tiny audience, uh, but at the same time, critical apps in terms of uh, uh, usability, in terms of enabling people to do the job they have to do repeatedly, frequently, every day, every hour of the day, well, effectively without errors and with attention to undoing whatever they may have done the wrong way. So a lot of focus uh, uh, I see is on the user interface. And uh, uh, one of the anecdotes I I, I tell everybody is uh, that one day 
I got a request. Uh, we need to have a very basic, stupid, silly form with two fields just to collect a number and the player name, and then a button to push and save add those two pieces of information, number and name, to a database, a SQL database. That's it. That's all we need. And we need it now. Okay. In two hours, they had a fully functional uh, form, but, but the they never, week, say, they never explained okay. exactly what was the business context uh, for using that kind of thing. Uh, and then at the end of the story, uh, the, the structure of Persisa was absolutely right, But the scenario in which, so the, the, the use case was completely different. And while the, 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 at the end of the day you needed only to have two columns in a database saved every time the button was pushed, the business scenario was completely different and brought me to recreate and in over a week of work just a UI and a UX specific for the job. So at the, I mean... If I, know, I knew that in advance, it would have taken probably the same, same week of work, but we wouldn't have wasted all that time. And, and I imagine that the approach in which you don't start from the user, the expected and user-approved experience and start building complex and large systems that can bring to a moment in which you deliver, you deploy a system that is functionally... Um, aligned with expectations functionally but not usable as users want and that's uh, a challenge yeah yeah of course uh, I see that uh, that's I, I think it's completely right uh, uh, the last question um, you have a, a history and you are now in the in the now of course what do you think about the future can you see anything you have been in the industry so for so long but maybe you, you <laughs> you've made the wrong uh, predictions 2008 so what do you think about the future Um, I believe that there is in the in the future we would if I have to you know make a betting what would be important in five years at the moment my best bet is on uh, a growing role of events in the organization of the back end of systems so in other words uh, events is um, so memory of things that have happened in the history of the system is not a new concept in software because we have been that implemented in banking, insurance industry for at least 30 years, probably since the very first day in which software started uh, to, to be implemented. So it's nothing new. But today we have uh, a generation of tools, uh, and I, I, I like to mention a and couple of them. storage, Yeah, exactly. Uh, there, there is an event store, and there is an event store, which are two... Um, products that on top of NoSQL stores and relation and or relational stores uh, offer a, an API uh, 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 for the level of abstraction close to the SQL API for you to uh, read and write from their store in terms of events. So you don't query for the state of an object, but you typically query for events, a, a slice of events, a stream of and events. That, the state. And from there you rebuild the state of the object. Uh, I, I read your article in MSC Magazine, magazine yeah. this morning. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> at, the bre- at my breakfast. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, 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 I, so I ruined your breakfast, essentially. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, you were completely right. I think the same. Uh, that is really interesting with the event But store. Actually, and event. because uh, that mm. offer architects uh, 
and but not 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 simply architects of large systems, but also developers of smaller uh, smaller scale systems, uh, the ability to uh, manage every single aspect of the software and the evolution. You don't lose any piece of information. You may even ignore. The, the time of the day or the day in which a certain record was updated, you, you can have the, the last known good state and you can have the entire history uh, of that same uh, uh, business element. And that enables you to rebuild at any time uh, a different projection of data, which in, in concrete terms enables you to do BI, business intelligence, your own business intelligence layer in nearly every piece of application. Uh, now, at the moment, uh, uh, the tools are not particularly smart in the sense that they are pretty low level, so it may take a lot of work. So you, use those, you tend to use those tools only if you have a scalability concerns in which you only are concerned with writing, 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 writing at a very uh, high rate and speed. But the moment in which, and this is my bet for the next five years, uh, we have uh, more advanced, more higher level tools that really offer an, a SQL-like API to retrieve the state of an object, but also the list of events that characterize the life of that object, that business object, uh, that could make a big change, probably. Yeah, big data. Or? S- big data in small, even in small apps. Yeah, let, let, this is, could be the slogan, big data in small apps. Thank you very much, Dino. And uh, I really hope that you get some sun when you are in Stockholm. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm definitely. I was expecting this this May, but yeah, it will be for the next one. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you.